welcome to Crime Time with Maggie Sten. What you're going to be listening to is a series of episodes called The Times Aren't Changing, They Have Changed. With me is Joel Coleman, who has a lot of questions. The act that you've given me to read through and make some notes on this time is about domestic violence and uh, apprehended violence orders. We're going to have to get a little bit of context here because this one's complicated. Let's go back to 1975 and start there. So in 1975, when a husband and wife were married, the wife was effectively property. Yes. And And this has been like this since Adam and Eve. I don't quite know why, because I think with Adam and Eve, Eve was the one who caused the trouble, but it's since then, it's been that the husband owns the wife. If you go back to that movie that I think the whole world has seen, Gone with the Wind, there's a part in that where Scarlett O'Hara's just had a baby. She's realised it makes her put on weight, so she's never having sex again. She was very vain. So she got her own bedroom, to which Rhett Butler said, do you realise I can divorce you for this? That was enough. Ridiculous. It took in Australia, from my understanding of this act, until 1981 then to end what we term marital rape. That's right. It it was then criminalised. Right. So up until then, a husband had authority to have sex with his wife as and when he pleased, regardless of consent. Yes. Yes. Okay. In fact... Husbands had control over everything. This is what the women's movement has done a lot, but I think that often the women's movement doesn't really give you the social background. It's, it wasn't just Australia, it was the world. I don't know any other country that was different. Right, I and mean, this to me is terrifying because I was obviously too young to understand, well, not obviously, you can only hear my yeah. voice, but I was too young to understand what those laws were at that time. But I was quite horrified to read this All and, right. and well, find out that that's Let me tell you, it was in 1983 that a woman in Australia could even get a passport without her husband's consent. What if that woman was unmarried? Father's consent, maybe. Probably, yeah. Ridiculous. It was the same with bank loans. I remember going for a bank loan and I was a teacher in a past life, so you can't have a more guaranteed job than the government. No, they wanted my husband's signature as guarantee. Otherwise, they weren't going to give me a loan. And as it was, I was divorced. So then he said, okay, get your father. Let's fast forward a bit because mm. I think if we if we try and talk through the progression of women's rights yes. in society, this is going to be a very long, very slow yes. conversation. But if we if we move towards the the act itself that we're looking at, which is it's got to do with what we call AVOs or apprehended violence orders. Now just explain what the the basics of an AVO are. The basics of an AVO are that you make application to the court for an order. The order is so that the person you fear cannot assault you, harass you or intimidate you in any way. It's actually a preventive order. This, again, came about because domestic violence is quite common. Men and women fight. Neighbours fight, parents and children fight, friends fight. Some people are refined and do it with words. Other people, unfortunately, do it with violence. 
I still like to think that the violent people are a minority in our society, but they're definitely there. So this is happening as distasteful as it is. And these orders are put in place, or sorry, these laws are put in place so we can have these orders enabled fairly promptly. But there are different kinds of AVO. There are. For instance, if you are having a fight with your girlfriend and you live together, that's seen as a domestic relationship, so you can have an apprehended violence order. You call the police. If it's serious enough, the police officer will take it out on your behalf. Now, what often happens is, like everything else, we've done a complete about turn. The law before wasn't very good. Well, it was practically non-existent. Now, this law tries to overcompensate for that. So a lot of people use it properly. Some people don't. Okay, which then um, leads to this uh, this potential misuse of, of, a, of an AVO or a um, ADVO, Apprehended yep. Domestic Violence Order, uh, where someone who is, say, vindictive yes. could ask the police to take out an AVO against another person. Yes. So it then sticks on their criminal record when maybe, this is where things get a little bit shady from my understanding, there wasn't a requirement for an AVO. That's correct. It doesn't stay on their criminal record. It's actually seen as a civil thing, but it comes up on your criminal record, which has always been my point. That people so, Sorry, it doesn't go on your criminal record. It does. But, it's there, but it's not seen as a criminal offence. But it's still sticky in regards to that it's... Yes, it's, it's so, there. It's there. And this is what people are told. Oh, look, I'll just consent. It really doesn't matter. It does matter because it turns up all the time and particularly in this climate. See, this is a really, really fine razor-edge line to dance. Yes. Because by denying the authenticity of the need for an AVO, Mm. you could be enabling a woman to get beaten. That's right. But at the same time, it can be misused. That's right. And this is something that I really... This is one area that I do feel very sorry for policing because if you're a policeman, you turn up at the house um, because some neighbour has complained about the noise, you get there, obviously something has happened, she's crying and carrying on, but she says, no, 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 we just had an argument, it's all fine, I don't want anything, go away, I'm not making a statement, I'm not doing anything. Well, the police officer... What's he to do? If he doesn't do anything, she's likely to be dead the next day. That's happened too. So usually they do take it out. Right. So this becomes a scenario for the police to make a decision based on what they've witnessed. Yes, but they're supposed to, if they've witnessed anything, they're supposed to take out the... The AVO. Yeah, and they they automatically get a provisional AVO. So it kicks in then. Immediately. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll come to the actual mechanics of it in a second, but we've spoken about this to do with domestic violence in um, you know traditional male-female yes. relationships. Now, whatever gender's involved in that, I yeah. don't think is, is particularly relevant. No. But what about children? Uh, with children, the police have to do that. They have a duty to do that. Right. If there's a child involved, they take it out. And... Now to the mechanics of it. Mm. 
there's been an incident. Yeah. Let's just go with your example. The neighbours have, have called the police yes. because of the noise. Um, there's a person who is now restrained from being within a certain radius, I assume, of said other person. Yes. How is that enforced? Well, it's not necessarily always that they can't go near the other person. It can be not to assault, not to go near them within 12 hours of drinking alcohol. Um, It depends how extreme it is. Okay, so it's not a blanket. No, it's not a blanket. There's certain orders. And you can go to court on the first occasion and vary the orders. Okay. but So the immediate effect is whatever the police view as the responsible thing for them to do to avoid any further violence yes, or, or and potential it's all, violence. Yes, yes. That's presuming that the person in need of protection, which is called the pin-op under this Act, mm-hmm. that's presuming that the pin-op saying, no, 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 I'm fine, I don't want anything. There can be the other case of the pin-op saying, oh, he tried to kill me, he tried to do this, that and the other, I want everything, I want him out of the house. Right. And the reality can be the GA raised his voice and banged a book down near her on the desk. And the arbiter of that situation is the officer that came to the yes. to the scene, which is why you feel sorry for them because exactly. they're in a terrible yeah. situation. Yeah, it's a terrible situation and he's got to cover his back because, as I said, there have been cases where you know they've done nothing and the woman's died. Yeah, okay. I mean, I keep saying woman because that happens. But this is, look, I've had this in lesbian relationships, in homosexual relationships. It's not just male and female. Yeah, so sex and gender are irrelevant to the conversation. Completely, completely. the potential for violence or the act of violence that is is the actual problem. Yes, yes. There's something in this act which I found a little bit odd, and maybe I was just sensitive to to noticing it, but it says, in the case of an Aboriginal person or a Torres Strait Islander, extended family or kinship relationships, uh, the word relative is defined broadly in different contexts. Now, is this one of the few areas or are there many areas where laws are applied differently to people of different racial backgrounds? Because that, to me, is hugely problematic. Well, yes, this is... One of the few areas. But the reason for that is because we have finally worked out after the stolen generation that um, Indigenous, our Indigenous Aboriginals do not live in a nuclear family like the Western people who all came from England. Lots of other cultures don't do that either, but that's the reason for that. Right. So the law is actually trying to take into account a plurality of family relationships and apply that as evenly as possible. Yes. That makes a lot more sense now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not not a race card that's being played at all. Yeah. No. It's the opposite of that. It's the opposite. Okay. The next thing is the subjectivity question, because- In certain circumstances, and I'm reading again here, actual fear on the part of the protected person is not required. Mm -hmm. So the police has witnessed a scene. The person has said, no, I wasn't in any fear. The police person now says, well, I believe you're at risk. Mm -hmm. And that's enough to take out an AVO against someone else in the room. Yes, because as I said, what they've what they've witnessed or what they think. And this is where it can be incredibly unfair too because couples fight. 
And if you've been in any relationship, you know, people fight. And there are people who are docile and there are people who aren't. Yeah, I get stuck on violence, though. Yeah, yeah, but it depends what you call violence. Depends what you call violence. I mean, you may be the sort of person who yells and screams. That can be seen as enough. Right. So the the, the line is not drawn between physical violence no, and verbal abuse. No. No, like an assault is me blowing smoke in your face. That That's enough for an assault. Right. So have these laws been, again, like others we've spoken about, tightened up just a little bit yes. too much now? Look, I really can't say that because that can all be aired in court and courts are funny places. Um, If you're in a witness box and unless you're just a professional witness, which I've never really seen, the truth tends to come out. If people are lying, it usually comes out. That's when it comes out. But the law says that the person in need of protection has to have a genuine fear. So this isn't an objective test. It's a subjective test. So that's, again, quite a hard test for a magistrate. Yes, when you take the objectivity out of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get rid of the objectivity. I mean, but, but it still has to have some substance. I did one of these for many years because I was acting for the husband and it started off – this was a very, very sad story anyway because this family had children and the children had autism, all sorts of things. It was just – there were a lot of health problems in this family. But the wife would keep taking out these AVOs against him and they were just ridiculous because they weren't even in the same town. So we'd keep having to go to court and having to do all this. And, I mean, she'd even sit in court facing the wall because she didn't want to look at him. It was terribly dramatic. And each time she didn't get the AVO because you could just tell this is just ridiculous. Right. So, again, the law is there to protect the vulnerable but open to abuse. Yes. As far as your professional career and what you've seen goes, are the cases of abuse of the law uh, outweighing its usefulness or no. it's not? So it is still yes. absolutely yes. something we should be holding on to. Yes, yes. Okay. But again, there needs to be training because a lot of people still think that they have to behave in a particular way, which goes back to the husband or the boyfriend being in charge. And it's not always him that thinks he's in charge. She often thinks he is too. And I've particularly, I mean, I don't want this to sound racist because I don't mean it as racist, but I've particularly noticed this in some other cultures that I've acted for. Gender stereotypes are stronger in other cultures. I don't think that's a racist comment. I think that there are more progressive or not more progressive, but there's there's been more progressive movements in certain societies based on the fact that they've been able to, um, not a, a lack of desire for that progress. Yes, yeah. Um, but this is, you know, things have happened, and it's always women, unfortunately. Things have happened to these women, and it's, but, you know, if I hadn't have done this, he hadn't, he wouldn't have done that. Blaming themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. It is. It's just, it's absolutely dreadful. Okay. So the laws are there to protect and they are doing that, but occasionally they're being misused. Let's talk about contravening 
an apprehended domestic yeah. violence order. So the Act states that they stay in place for 28 days. Um, is that correct? Or no. provision, provisional AVO stays Pro- yes, in place that, for Yes. Okay, days. let me explain that. That stays in place for 28 days. Within that 28-day period, you go to court. When you go to court for the first time, the provisional order becomes an interim order. The magistrate will automatically make that an interim order. Mm-hmm. Unless someone says they don't want an interim order, then you have to have a whole mini court case about that before the real court case happens. Right, so, but usually the interim order stays in place up until you have the final hearing. And then once you have the hearing, if you get the AVO, then that stays in place for whatever time the court imposes. Right. Which generally is two years unless you try to get less. Okay. Um so then that comes to what happens if you contravene the order. Now, it says here that you either get a $5,000 fine mm-hmm. or two years in prison. Yes. Now, those two things are vastly different, right? Well, Especially for a, you know, a middle-class person, $5,500, probably not a huge amount of money to cough up. So when do you get two years in prison? Well, you get two years in prison as an extreme case. That is the maximum that a magistrate from a local court can give you. Right. That's what the law says. If violence is involved, the magistrate has to send you to prison. There is no fine. Do not pass go. You are going straight to jail. The question is for how long. If a magistrate does not send you to prison for a contravention, it has to be, the magistrate has to explain why, and that can only happen if there's no violence involved. I actually had one of these where the contravention was he walked past her, had no idea that she was going to be there, this was just purely accidental, and he threw his arms up in the air and kept walking. Difficult. <laughs> that was the contravention. Yeah. There was nothing. You know, if this hadn't been a long history of her trying to get him, um, she would have never even called the police. Yeah, happened to be in the same yeah. restaurant at the yeah. same yeah. time. And Dif- once she called the police, that's when he had to be charged. And the magistrate did not see that as violence, and it wasn't. Okay. So logic prevailed in that yeah. scenario. Yes. Okay. Let's skip forward then a little bit to um, Claire's Law from the United Kingdom, I believe, which, (laughs) okay. So I'll read this little bit out here. Um, In 2015, the New South Wales Premier Premier announced a pilot of the Domestic Violence Disclosure Scheme, which is an adaptation of Clare's Law, which was seen as a success in the United Kingdom. Through the scheme, victims are given the option to seek out information about his or her partner regarding any history of domestic violence. Now, something's odd about this, or I haven't understood it properly, because this suggests to me that it's almost like Facebook stalking a prospective partner with the police to find out if they've got any criminal charges against them. Yes, I've actually never had anyone do that, but yes. Because my question to that is, and that law is, if you are so suspicious of a prospective partner, then surely the prospective partner bit should just be dropped from that and you exactly. should, you exactly. should walk away. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, you But do- I think that's more for people who begin relationships and the violence starts in the relationship and then they wonder, 
So then they can go to the police and yes. say, is there a history of yes. this or is yes. it something new? Yes. That makes a little more yes. sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes a little more sense. Once you, yeah, maybe you're cohabitating by that yes. point and you have a you have an, um, an inkling. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the updates then that were made to the New South Wales um, Act. Yeah. Um, so the first point uh, was that senior police officers at or above the rank of sergeant are able to issue apprehended domestic violence orders. And I think that's what you mentioned before. It doesn't yeah. have to go to court anymore. Yes, yeah. Okay. What else changed in there? Look, the whole the whole perception of this changed. Once upon a time, it there was no such thing. If a woman was black and blue, you know, some sergeant would come round and see her, uh, let's have a nice cup of tea, love, let's talk about this. You don't want to do anything to him. You know he loves you. We've done a complete about-face in this, and it's a good thing. Yeah, I see from the, from the other conversations we've had about different acts where we've spoken about laws maybe becoming a bit draconian, it seems to me that this one's actually really positive and it's doing exactly what it's intended to do. It is. Look, there's the odd person who abuses it, but that's always going to happen. Mm. And as I said, in my experience, the people who do abuse it, yes, it's costly. Yes, it's very upsetting to their partner. But at the end, justice seems to prevail. Yeah, this this is a good one. But, again, you need to educate the people because, you know, I think I said in our last podcast, The Women's Refuge, that I used to work for many years ago, those women would have never in a pink fit. If someone hit them, they saw that as an example of love. Okay, that's a whole other conversation. And how long ago was that? Oh, that was was in the mid-'80s. It's not you, really that long. It's not ago. really. It's not really. It's not long enough for to have considered that the um, what we spoke about right at yes. the beginning with regard yes. to almost ownership of people. Yes. Just on that note, in the mid eighties, it would have been unheard of for someone in middle class and particularly upper middle class to ever report domestic violence. That just would not have been heard of. And now have a look. Just think back in the last few years how many wealthy people, accountants and doctors, whose wives have come forward with all sorts of things. Mind you, they haven't been too successful. It hasn't worked out for them. But they've come forward with things. These people were obviously using it the wrong way. But there's probably plenty of people in that socioeconomic group who now feel safe to go to the police. And I think that's a really positive thing. It is. I really do. And I don't think it's frowned upon anymore. Yeah, I hadn't actually considered that, that it would have been frowned upon by contemporaries to would have been report shocking. your husband. You know, if you're some rich foreclose housewife, you know, driving your those tanks they all drive and, you know, lunching and dropping your kids off at a fancy school, there's no way you're going to tell your friends in those days that your husband hits you. Whereas now you have the law on your side. Yeah, now I just now I think there are groups that support people. I think people now know they're not alone because of all the noise that's been made about it. So progress has happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. I'll ask as a last question though: uh, Where to next with it? What what needs to happen to really ensure the safety of? Let's go with particularly women, but 
broaden it out to vulnerable people in domestic relationships? That's a very hard one because I think you have to go, you have to look at the mental state of a lot of people, particularly that coroner's case that is just finished in Queensland where the guy, you know, set her on fire and killed the four kids and then killed himself. I mean, that guy was just a loon. And but probably sick. Very sick, obviously. And there's no orders that would have stopped him. So that's the next step of protection is how you can take that um – those outliers and make sure that that kind of scenario doesn't happen again. I think so, and I think we have to look at why is it all of a sudden every second person has ADHD or they, you know, are on some sort of depressant because they're depressed or they're hyperactive or they're this, that and the other. And again, I think we might have to come back to that as a conversation because mental health and the criminal code are two things that as overlapping entities are going to be very, very hard to untangle. Yes, yes. But it's nice to know that, in your opinion and from what I've understood, we've definitely seen some progress in our society uh, against violence, particularly against violence against women over this time period. and children. And children as well. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. Okay. Okay.